0: Welcome to the official podcast of the Canberra Raiders. Join us as we go behind the limelight. And hello to you. Welcome to the official Canberra Raiders podcast. Wherever you may be listening in whatever format, this is episode two, You've got Raider Nick and I'm joined once again by Canberra Raiders media manager, Mr Ben Pollock. Benny, how are you?
1: Hey, good afternoon Nick, uh, I wish I could be talking to you on happier circumstances after round one but it is only round one, we'll, we'll push on and we'll move on to round two. Um, disappointing result up there on the Gold Coast and we all feel it. Um, so uh, let's hope we can bounce back this week.
0: Yes, so let's try and remove that baggage from Sunday. And roll on to round two. The first home game for the Canberra Raiders. We'll lightly touch on that loss against the Titans from round one. We'll preview round two. We'll go through the side to take on the Newcastle Knights match day sponsor, MTAA Super. We'll also be joined by Sam Williams and we'll be finally introduced to Charlie Gubb. And a very special Forever Green segment after that. A very special Raiders legend I'll go one-on-one with. So wherever you're listening, I hope you're comfortable. Join us. As we go Behind the Limelight. As mentioned, Ben, devastating circumstances, to say the least, that loss, but... It is only round one.
1: It is. I mean, uh, we're not going to gloss over the fact that it's a game we should have won. Let's be honest. You, you go up 18-0 uh, after, I think, 15 minutes. Uh, Jared Croker almost latches onto a Papali short ball, races away. Could have been 24-0. Um, but, you know, to the Titans' credit, they fought back. They finally had some possession go their way. Uh, and we weren't strong enough in the back end to hold them out. And um, it's unfortunate. Um, but the team knows that. They'll work really hard this weekend to try and rectify it and, and work out what went wrong. It was
0: a Funny game, of course, we come out of the blocks absolutely on fire, put on 18 points in about 10 minutes. We thought, wow, shades of 2016, that attacking football the boys were known to play in that season. And then it just, in the second half, it just turned into an arm wrestle.
1: It did. I mean, a few things went against us. We obviously lost Joe Croker to the HIA, which um, forced a shift with Elliot White having have to go on and play in the Senators for a bit. We lost Joe Tarpeny to that um, dislocated thumb, uh, which put him out at the end of the game, which you know messes with your, your rotation. Um, but, you know, the, the team should be strong enough, um, both physically and mentally, to close those games out. They know that. They're addressing
0: that. And hopefully they'll, they'll sort it out before the weekend. Take a positive out of a negative. It's a run in the Legs. Great footy we played in that first half, you know, defended our line pretty well at times, but had no ball in that second half. That's what I think we
1: had three sets in the first 20 minutes of the second half, which kills you. I mean, you take the positives out of the game. I thought Saliva Havili in his first game at Hooker, that opening 20 minutes that he produced was outstanding. I thought Aiden Caesar off the bench was great, uh, playing a new role in a foreign position for him. And I thought Shannon Boyd up front um, was outstanding. Uh, both stints he came on, really got that go-forward going for the team. So, look, there's plenty of good things there to see. I mean, we didn't get, get come out and get fly- um, in fact, you know, we were waiting for 78 minutes and 30 seconds, but at the end of the day, it doesn't go on the ladder.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's what hurts the most. It was almost like uh, when you get that bike for your birthday yeah. and then getting it stolen two hours later.
1: <laughs> it was one of the worst I've been, you know, that feeling, you know, that I was there at the Penrith game last oh. year sitting on that bench when, when it all went down in Bathurst and it felt similar uh, on the weekend. But, you know, round one.
0: So we move on to round two, the first home game for the Canberra Raiders up against a, a winning team, Newcastle Knights. They jagged a win in Golden Point last week. Benny, a lot happening for the first home game this season? That's right. Match Day sponsor,
1: MTAA Super, helping us put on a massive game day this weekend. In members' recognition round, the opportunity for members to come out uh, and we celebrate the over 17,000 members that we have now. So really looking forward to that. We've also got this special tribute to Cardo Audio happening post-game. Uh, we're hopeful of having his mum and some of his uh, siblings along at the game and participating in that so there's one to hang out for post-game and be a part of that Uh, and then on the field of course we take on the Knights looking to get that first win of the season in front of the home fans
0: Ricky just named the team at fullback Jack Whiten on one wing Nick Cottridge the centres are Gerald Croker and captain Joey Lallure in the centres Jordan Rapana on the other wing the halves Blake Austin named at 6 with Sam Williams and in the forward pack Sia Soliola very impressive in that first game Salivi Havili Shannon Boyd in the front row Josh Papali Elliot Whited the back rowers and Luke Bateman comes into the lock forward position and on the bench Aiden Caesar in 14 Junior Paulo Dinamis Louie and making another Raiders first grade debut this week the guy we're going to have on the show shortly Charlie Gubb
1: Yeah that's right Charlie comes in obviously with Joe Tarpany out with that dislocated thumb Elliot shifts back into back row we all know that can play that position Luke Bateman likewise at lock forward so we hopefully don't lose too much there with Elliot going back to the edge Uh, great to see Charlie make his debut for the club I thought he was pretty impressive in his trial form against the Bulldogs a couple of weeks ago and no doubt he's ready to go.
0: Sammy Williams and Charlie Gubb, welcome.
2: Yeah, g'day, mate. Yep, thanks for having us. (laughs) First
0: of all, uh, look, I just want to say, um, we'll talk a bit of footy first. Devastating loss last week, to say the least. Uh, Look, what's it like when you experience that emotion of scoring points so early and you think, wow, we're on today, and then at the 79th minute, you're behind on the scoreboard and you hear that siren?
3: Yeah, it's very tough. Um, Obviously... We started off the first 20 minutes very well and, and we were on the front foot and everything seemed to be happening fairly easily for us. But uh, rugby league these days, the, the momentum can swing very quickly. It doesn't take much. It might be a drop ball or a couple of big strong runs and, and momentum can change awfully quick and it's very hard to change once it, once they um, have that momentum. So, um, you know, we were pretty disappointed. We probably gave them a little bit of a chance to come back into the game, but um, I think we'll, we'll probably be better for that and learn a lot from
1: it. Semi, personally... Um solid performance for your first hit out uh, for in the NRL for a couple of years uh, set up a couple of tries um, equaled your 2016 line break total as well which was good to see um, you must be take some confidence out of that performance yeah um
3: You know, it's always it's nice to get through the line. It's not the most, um, you know, it doesn't happen all the time for me. But it's it's always good to be in the clear. But it it doesn't help much to be honest. I um I've had a few people sort of mention it to me, and it and it doesn't help much at all to be honest. I um I was just shattered after that game on the weekend. we put so much effort into it and, and such a long pre-season to focus on round one and, and how you're going to win and what you're going to do to win the game. And to leave the way we lost the game, it's, it's very hard to take and... Um, it's just about now jumping back on, on the horse and, and and focusing
1: on next game. I actually sat next to your dad for this game, and geez, I tell you, what he rides the he rides the game harder than what you do. He was up and down, and he was he was nervous. He was uh, having a a quiet little beer in between sets. He was uh, he was loving it, but uh, you know it's, it's you know for you personally out there on the field, it must be just a. a A horrible feeling to know that you've done so well in that game and then to lose it at the end. The the physical effort that you put into a game like that,
3: to come away without the winner was very hard to take. So, um, you know, we were gutted, but round one, and um, there's a lot more games this season, so there's no point sitting back and dwelling on it, and we'll get back
0: into training and and we'll be better for it. When and where does the peak come during the week where we actually clear that game out of your head? Ricky said in the press conference, it's how we bounce out of this emotionally. How are you feeling emotionally after that kind of result and how long does it take and what kind of measures do you go through to kind of clear that clear your head after a loss like that
3: yeah it's not easy um i know sunday night i certainly um I laid in bed and thought about things and um it was pretty hard to take but uh, we, we spoke as we spoke as a group um about how how we move on and it's just about being positive there's no point walking around sulking and dragging your lip uh it doesn't help anyone it doesn't change the result It's it um most certainly it yeah, doesn 't get us the two points back, so we 've just got to be um, got to be positive and being around around the group um people like Gubby, you know we 've got funny people within this group, and you 've got to try and get around them and and have a good laugh with them because um you know, the, the group uh, um, takes all different types of people and some people take losses harder than others. But, um, you know, we get around and, and we, we have a laugh and, and try and move on.
1: All right, let's forget about the Titans. Let's move on to the Knights because the, the man you mentioned, uh, Charlie Gubb, the Gubb, the Gubb City, uh, making his Raiders debut this weekend. Charlie Gubb, thanks for joining us. A
0: round of applause. round of applause. applause.
1: You, must be, you must be excited. i uh, oh, sorry, Chur for a start. Uh, you must be excited to be in this team and uh, getting a chance to run out in the green jersey in front of the Raiders fans.
2: Yeah, for sure. I was um, 18th man on the weekend and I was like watching the boys warm up and knowing I wasn't playing. You know, I was preparing to play as if there was an injury, but when, when everyone was sweet, I'm happy everyone's not injured. But I was so gutted not, not being there for round one, so I'm really excited to um to play at home versus the Knights and um, debut for this club.
1: Tough decision for you to leave the Warriors, I suppose, and and go to a new club and a new country and a a bit of a foreign land in Canberra. Have you found it so far and have you settled into the place?
2: Yeah, I'm loving it. It's kind of uh, got a new lease on life, you know, um, footy-wise. I was pretty (laughs) happy to to be coming to the Raiders, you know, out of Sydney and um, play under Sticky. So all the boys have been so good to me and I get on with everyone pretty well, so wouldn't want to be anywhere else
0: a lot of people have uh, spoken about your presence around the boys are you a bit of a larrikin a guy that likes to have a good time and important for a footy club to have someone that can diffuse intense situations do you like that role of being a bit of a larrikin kind of guy
2: um I wouldn't really say it's a role I kind of just feed off the other boys if they're if they're feeling it then (laughs) there's a fair bit of carry on but um you know, if I see that one of the staff is not feeling it then I might go into my show. So. I might turn off. You you're yeah. definitely
1: a uh, a target for the boys' Instagram stories. I think um I think every second one features yourself uh, in there. What is it that you know I think attracts the boys to your personality?
2: I don't know. They probably think I'm an easy target, but um one day I'm probably gonna snap.
0: So. <laughs> Save it for the field mate, Benny yeah. uh, mentioned you uh, you You've come to Canberra. Any little hot spots that you like around there, the nation's capital so far? Charlie?
2: Um, I don't mind
1: the Labour Club. Seven dollars, <laughs> 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 uh, What else? Uh... How good are the Raiders clubs, though? Just quietly built yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, Weston, yeah. Gungarland, the Mawson Club, Queen Leagues Club. Yep. <laughs> the Lakes as well. <laughs> no, not them.
2: <that>, <laughs> um, yeah, no, they're all, they're all top shelf. Um... Fo Hub, I live above that. Yeah. Oh, you're in G- Garland
1: around that way. I won't tell everyone where I live. But, I live above <laughs> <my family.
2: laughs>
1: but you, you come here um, for those people that uh, that don't know, and it's been mentioned a few times. Your wife's actually a member of the New Zealand Women's All Blacks team, and also playing for the Brumbies here in the Super Rugby competition. What's it like to be the second best football player in the family?
2: Yeah, it's all right. Um...
1: Yeah, I mean. It is what it seriously, is. how is it? Right. A, do, you, do you talk much footy at home? Is it, is nah, it a conversation really. at
2: dinner or not? Um, Not really. I watch I watch a bit of footy. I love watching the NRL and the Super Rugby and that, but I try not to engage too much in that sort of conversation with my other half.
0: I saw a video of you on YouTube yesterday yeah. talking about how you're not a big fan of playing night footy because it just uh, takes too much energy out through the day and then you can't sleep afterwards yeah. and it takes you a day to get over it. And you said you lose two and a half days for a night game. Yeah. Is that still the case, you reckon?
2: I think it is. But I guess the proof will be in the pudding. I haven't played a night game yet, so I'm not going to call it early. It's honestly. pretty cold here.
1: So, you know, Canberra, lovely city, family orientated. What about a family yourself? You don't have any kids yet? You got any on the on the radar?
2: yeah they're they're on the radar um i don't know where they've got yeah anyway they'll <laughs> they'll come in due course but
1: speaking of long term- re- relationships sam Sam williams you're a beautiful partner Sarah you've been together for must be pushing up on five or six years now um any pressure coming your way
3: <laughs> yeah we've had a few uh, few boys um have babies and get married and all that sort of stuff previous uh, you know in the last six months, and uh, yeah, you do get a bit of pressure, but it's about staying strong. <laughs> How
1: old
0: are you now, Sammy? 26. Yeah, you're getting there. You've got a bit there.
3: of time yet, but isn't
0: there? You've got plenty of time. Plenty <laughs> time. time, mate. You're back again. You've had more comebacks than Batman. Uh, it's your first impact of the club. Did you ever play against the boys when you were at other clubs, at St. George?
3: No, I haven't, thank God. I'd I'd hate to play against the Raiders, to be honest.
0: <laughs> What's it like to be back in all seriousness? Uh, you, you feel like Kent, you say the camera's are home. You're, you're a Cooma boy. What's it like to be back? And, and to be starting as well this early must be, must be awesome.
3: Yeah, it was. It was... Um it was a massive thing for me to get uh, get the nod in round one and and to be part of the team. But it was a big thing for me. I um, I put a lot of work, a lot of effort into it. And to be honest, I didn't know if I'd I'd get the opportunity at all to wear the Raiders jersey again. So to, for it to come in round one, it meant a lot to me. And uh, Benny touched on earlier about my family and 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 you mentioned Cooma and just the people around the area that you get the opportunity to play for and and people come and watch. And um, it, it's a pretty um, prestigious position that I'm in I guess representing the people of of the region and um and I love every min- every minute and every moment of wearing the Raiders jersey I um I'd like to think that every game we play we try and make sure that we leave no stone unturned because you never know when your next opportunity is going to be so um round 1 was lucky I just want to tr- want to try and stay there as much as possible do
1: you feel any added pressure with the fact that not only you're wearing the Raiders jersey but you're wearing number 7 on the back and your coach is probably the greatest ever player in that position at this club. Does, does he? Do you feel that pressure, or do you just soak it up and run with it? No, no, he's not too bad. To stick
3: with all that, but it's you know it's, you can't really sit back and. Um question what he's saying or anything like that because he's um he's done a hell of a lot more in the game than what i have so um i'm lucky that i can learn off sticky um he's a great coach and um, one of the reasons why why i wanted to come back because i enjoyed playing under under ricky and um we've also got whitey who's from down near home as well so um you know we're very lucky with there and mick crawley obviously has been here for a few years i really enjoy the coaches we've got and um and enjoy playing under them
0: Gubby, you obviously played uh, for the Warriors there. Did you play against the Raiders a lot in your time over there? Yeah, I had
2: a, quite a few games against the Raiders. What was it
0: like coming here as a you know from an away team? What was it, what was your experience playing here at JO Stadium with the cold and and the travel?
2: Yeah, it wasn't. Um, it's not a pleasant place to play for a visiting side. Um, firstly, because of the weather, um, it just really burns your throat that cold, dry air. When you when you're not acclimatised to I tell you that, mate. Yeah. And um, <laughs> secondly, the crowd—they um, don't miss you.
1: <laughs> they
2: don't like long hair.
1: <laughs> well, talking about that that cool, dry air on the back of the throat. Now, I watched you warm up and play. Obviously, uh, in the Sunshine Coast trial, you're one of those blokes that's a bit a bit of a nervous uh, coffer spewer. Choker, I suppose, before a game. Does that is that something that just you've had all the time? Do you just so one of those things? It was Elliot Whitehead's one as well? He's he's a power spewer before a game. Yeah. Oh, massively! I think
2: I, I just had a big night in the sunny coast before that. I'm I'm a big time spewer. I've, I've got it I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Get a bit anxious before the game.
0: Yeah. Plenty of yoga studios around camera, mate. You can get rid of that anxiety. Quick smart Here,
1: here's one for you. I saw on the weekend the Warriors are doing this thing now where they get together after trying the meditation do the meditation, deep breathing. Was that something that was going on while you were there, or is it that new? Have you seen that?
2: Um, it might have been going on in our heads, but not... I'm not sure what's going
0: on there. But he's I inkham after they score. They just regroup, get into a huddle and refocus so they can go back, not be dwelling on those points and then going well, on. worked and pretty they well
1: because they, they look good.
0: Well, focus for 80 minutes. What
1: about the Knights, Sammy? They were outstanding in round one. They absolutely lifted in front of their home fans and they're going to come here in round two um, with the expectation of being able to knock us off. So how do you prepare for them? Yeah, they did. They
3: they were really they were really good in round one. Um, obviously, Mitchell Pearce has been probably the one of the most spoken about players in the off season and, and what he can do to the Knights. And um, there's, there's no doubt that he's been one of the best halfbacks running around the NRL for a few years now. And um, I'm a big admirer of the bloke. I think um, I think he's a brilliant halfback, and I think um, what the changes he'll take to Newcastle will um, you know we'll see it throughout the year. But um, it's just important. We did a lot of good things on the weekend, and um, a few areas where we weren't so good. So we, we've really got to go back and um, just look at, look at ourselves before we worry too much about them. They're, um, they've obviously got a few new faces and a few new combinations that they're working on themselves. And um, I'm sure they're going to get better and better. So for them to have a good win in round one, they're only going to be better this week. And um, you know, it's just important we go out there and, and try and execute our game plan and do it well and obviously hold on to that footy.
0: The modern game, Sammy, it's a lot about... Researching your opposition, especially researching your opposing player, how much research would you do against Mitchell Pierce this week and, and really taking your tip sheet is it Is it overrated or is it actually fair, and can you do a lot of research
3: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things I think some players probably couldn 't care less about what what the opposition's doing or who they 're up against. Um, maybe being a half back i I probably do a little bit more research than than a lot of other players and it 's probably um, it's important that I know how a team plans on attacking or or how a team defends and things like that. So I try and do a bit. We, this day and age, we've got a lot of video around the club where you can just go in, and in your own time, sit down, uh, research the things you you really want to research. And I try and do that a couple of times before the game. It, um, I think it's a big advantage being able to you know, go in and just have a look how you want to execute uh, some of your plays. But ultimately rugby league's one of those games you need to tackle hard and run hard and um you've just got to go out there and do that well hold the footy it, it can often we can often look into it more than we need to but um yeah it's, it, it is important for myself but some players uh, might not do it at all
1: first home game of the year charlie before we finish up uh, match day sponsor mt super bringing all the action this weekend the viking clap first time you get to experience it as a raiders player have you have you seen many of the videos of it have you have you- uh, did you do you remember it from last year? Is it I something- remember
2: last year I was um, standing out, you know, because obviously we came out first, and I was kind of getting into it, and I found myself thinking, "Stop doing that; it's not a good look."
1: I actually think Sean Johnson might have joined in on the coverage. Is it tempting to, to, to raise the hands and do no, it? No, it no, opposition? No, I don't
2: think so, mate. I think you just. I don't know if he did
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> Kenneth join in a few years ago? No, yeah. it was tempting It's,
2: yeah. it's very cool. Yeah, yeah, and I've just got the green gloves with the the clappers on with it. the yep. clappers on it. So, man, me, me and my wife are wearing them around the house non-stop.
0: What a legend,
1: People's jam uh, Thanks for joining us this nice way, week <laughs> <laughs>
0: On the Behind the Limelight podcast, we present Forever Green. We talk to players from the past that wore the lime green jersey with pride, passion and plenty of courage. This week, we speak to a man that played 220 first-grade games for the club. When he joined in the year 2000, was told, you will never play first-grade football. He played from the front, became the leader of the club, and was made captain in season 2009. It's Forever Green number 211, Alan Tunn.
4: Thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you for having me, mate. It's been great to Uh, see how passionate you are about um, you know, the great club that uh, I got to play for and I can't wait to rip into it.
0: That you came to the club in 1999 as a Tamworth boy. What was your awareness of the Raiders, uh, pre-joining the club?
4: Well, I actually was on scholarship with the Broncos and I was pretty oh. much all lined up to go to the Bronx. I'd been there for the three years, um, you know, year 10, 11, 12 at the back end of high school and been up there and had a good look around and, um, you know, the Raiders came into the equation probably a little bit later on. Uh, in my back end of my high school but after I played some Aussie schoolboys and a few of those boys that were in that team uh, were coming to Canberra the next year I came down had a look around and, and Canberra to me was a big country town and mm. and coming from a you know small rural community just outside of Tamworth um, you know it just felt like the right fit.
0: Let's dip it in the butt now were you told when you came to the club that you would never play first grade?
4: Not so much never play first grade it was more so the fact that Um, You know, there was some serious concerns about, I suppose, my size and my Mm. ability. Um, I wasn't a a quick guy either. You know, speed wasn't one of my greatest assets. Um, And, you know, I had some frank discussions uh, with coaching staff about, you know, where they saw me and and probably not seeing me in the actual uh, mix of of the current squad, um, you know, ability-wise. And Mm. and maybe it it is an opportunity to look elsewhere. And at the time... You know, it's it's pretty um, life-shattering to tell you the yeah, truth yeah. when it's something that's been your childhood dream. I'm actually, when I look back on it now, on the work that I'm in now, I'm so happy that I went through those. It was actually the making of of who I am and the character that I had to display in those moments. I'm so glad that I didn't you know, pack up and sort of say, well, you know what, the coach doesn't, you know, think that highly of me. I'm going to move on. Mm. You know, I dug my deals in, uh, heels in deep and, and really tried to work as hard as I could. And, um, you know, fortunately it worked out uh, in in the end. Um, but, you know, there were some tough times definitely throughout.
0: Is it true that you became your own manager through your whole career? You organized your own deals?
4: Yeah, well, it wasn't throughout my whole career. I think um, I had a manager for the first two um, you know, for when I first came down the first two years and then uh, a couple of years after that. But then afterwards, yeah, I, I took it on board. And I think there was a couple of things. It's not for everybody I understand, mm. but I sort of got really, um, you know, confident with, you know, knowing where I was at.
0: Mate, uh, let's talk about your debut. So it was a Friday night, the year 2000. You're playing the Broncos at Suncorp. You have put on uh, the green jersey or the white jersey, the white away strip at the time. You run out onto the field. Did you start that game? I didn't. I was
4: off the bench. Uh, It was only late in the week that I got um, told that I was going to be there too. So we played at Newcastle the week before. We played in reserve grade. Mal comes into the sheds afterwards. He said, mate, I need you to um, uh, come with us. We're actually staying overnight in Newcastle. We're going up to Brisbane and and staying the week up there. I need you to come along for a bit of cover. I I was blown away. Mm. I was a mechanic at the time. Wow. And I had to ring in for the boss saying I'm not coming in for the week. Um, He was filthy at me. But I got an opportunity to go up there and probably wasn't looking like playing for the majority of the week because the injury concern was over Kenny Nagus, Kenny on the wing, obviously. Um, And then at the back end of the week, I had a bit of a shuffle and and said, you're going to get your um, spot. And, um, you know, it was great. Only Dad could come up um, with a bit of late notice, but he came up and, and watched that. And, you know, quite ironic that, uh, you know, it was club that I was probably most likely to mm. go and play for in the Bronx. It was a Friday night game, but uh, we just got beat. But it was an amazing experience being there. And, um, you know, Friday night up there, it was packed. And the fireworks beforehand, I can
0: remember still. The year that you debuted was the year that we saw the end of Laurie and, and Dave leave, Fernsey leave, Mullows leave, quite a few players left. So a whole new era and a whole new identity for the Canberra Raiders. Mal eventually left. So you lock down that lock position and you are involved in that season of 2003 where the, the team had it such a great year. They won the first seven in a row by memory and then hung around that top eight. And I think they came equal first, but fourth by four and against. What a great year for the club that would have been. Oh, it,
4: was, it certainly was. And it's amazing throughout my career. It was basically every second year that we made the final.
0: 2007, you're named club captain.
4: You know, a lot of people talk about what is your most memorable moment. And and it's hard to take it away from the debut because mm. of just that initial excitement and everything. But a big part too, for me, was running out and captaining the side for the first time. You know, I understood the history of the people that had come before us, you know, the winning sides, but also those losing sides early on and the hardships and everything that they had to go through. Uh, and then for me to have that honor of captaining the side was something that, you know, I was blown away.
0: Toots Senior, Jason yeah. Croker left. I think Matty Elliott moved on. Shifosky moved on as well. Simon Wolford moved Moggy, on. Moggy, Adam Mogg moved on. Germ moved on. Yep. So you are kind of left with a lot of the young blokes coming through. I think John Monahan might have moved – the Monahan boys might have moved on as well for the first time. The team was currently rebuilding, and you were the leader of that team, and there was that was the first time where all these people were talking about how you were getting bits of your face injected to play. Um, without embarrassing you, Tangy, but just the toughness, was that the responsibility of being a captain and a leader that made you go not just the next level, the next five levels up?
4: you know what, I think I would have done it either way, whether I was captaining or not. I just I just remember so often and I even can have um, you know, images go through my mind. I remember, you know, getting, you know, things needled up, whether it be when I broke my nose or whether it was AC joints or whatever it was. But, you know, I was still grateful for those moments because mm. I got to represent the club. Like, I just I just did not want to miss a game of football. If this was my opportunity, I just did not want to miss getting out there. And probably, you know, I, when I think back on it, sometimes maybe I should have Taking a game off and I probably, um, you know, might have been better for the week after. But I just had always had that mindset that I would do whatever I could to get out onto that field.
0: Had a good relationship with the coach at the time, King Henry, a good captain-coach relationship there. In 2008, it was such a great year for the boys. Uh, but there was an incident there, a game in 2008, where the team played St. George at win. There was a situation there where you were at a funeral and you, and you drove back in and played.
4: It was probably one of the toughest things that I had to deal with throughout, um, you know, my footy career. Um, it was just uh, not long before my little cousin Jemaya's 21st birthday, and she was taken from us in a car accident. Um, and she was like a little sister uh, to me. My, my family share farm properties back up um, home in Tamworth. And um, I'd busted my ribs a week before as well. And, um, I had to go back home. I remember, you know, getting the phone call and we ran straight back up there as quick as we could. I had to do the eulogy at a funeral mm. and I jumped back in the car that day. I I didn't um hang around that night. I wanted to get back, um, and I wanted to, um, play. I wanted to play because it was my way of dealing with it. I didn't, mm. I wasn't being selfish. I just kn- knew that, you know, I needed to get back to doing what I do, um, and we came back and, uh, you know, we got there and the coach was honest. He said, can you do do a job for me? And I said, I'll need some local anaesthetic, but I'm, I'm going to do it. And um, we went down there and, um, you know, we got that win. But it was a really, it was a really difficult um, and challenging time um, when I look back on it and I reflect on it. But, um, you know, I'm glad we got out there and we did the win. And, um, you know, I played for my family and for my little cousin and, um, we got out there and we did what we had to do.
0: Sorta to, to touch a the nerve there, Tangy. Um but that was just I think Raiders fans forever will remember that period and I think there was something saying that the coach was trying to pull you off when you said, I'm not coming off until Toddy hits the field goal.
4: Yeah, that's right. we well, <laughs> to put you seven up. Well, that's right. We hadn't we hadn't won that game and um you know, I just, I wanted to make sure that we had it. I couldn't even travel back, to tell you the truth. I couldn't even travel back on the bus after the game. I came back with uh, Donny Ferner, Maxi Mercer. There was a couple of people, but they put me in the front. So the anesthetic wore off and I jumped in the front seat of the car coming back to make it a little bit quicker and I had to recline the uh, the seat right back because I was just in absolute agony wow. um, from the the broken ribs and anyway laid the car seat back and we got home but we won the game of football which was you know which was most important to me my family but also the club we needed we needed to do that where we were at at the year and it was it was a it was a really special year 2008 like I said we didn't go on to win the competition but you know when I reflect and I look back at those sides did we played to our potential, did we get the best out of our teams, and and I really believe that we did that in 2008 and 2010.
0: Blokes like Terry Campese came in and really realised his talent and really guided the boys around, and you're blowing teams away. You're blowing teams away at half-time, and Bruce Stadium or Canberra Stadium, what it was called then, became uh, such a graveyard for those clubs again.
4: Yeah, we, we sort of built back up. And, you know, we didn't have this huge rosters like some of the other clubs, but we were playing for each other. And and we just had a real confidence that we went out there. We could play this style of football that was hard to handle. And, and we ripped in and we worked hard for each other. And that was, you know, and then to be captain of that, that was a really
0: special period. You've left an imprint in that club, and you'll always be remembered for that tough, tenacious, tonguey, what you'll most be remembered for. And maybe some a lot of the listeners don't know about this, but talking to a lot of the boys in that era, there was a lot of challenging times for the club, a lot of negative press through, incidents that went down. A lot of people say that you're the guy that held everything together.
4: You know, when I reflect back on that time, like you sometimes think I wish times had have been a bit easier th- throughout and you didn't have to deal with as much off field stuff and you mm. could just focusing on, you know, playing your best footy yourself but getting the side up to play Um, you know just concentrate on football but you know that that was what I was trying that's what life threw at me so that's what I just had to deal with and um, like I said looking back on it now I'm really grateful for that because I think it's really shaped the person I am the work that I do now and and everything around it
0: right either forever green set of six so what do you do for work now so,
4: I work for the NRL still as a community um, ambassador for the game. So, running a voice against violence program, I do that a couple of days a week. And then I also run a mentoring program called the Aspire Program.
0: Favourite memory as a Raider?
4: When I captained the side for the first time against Manly in 2007, that was a really special time for me.
0: What did it mean to wear the lime green jersey?
4: It, it means so many things on so many different levels. It gave me the opportunity to live out my childhood dream. And it gave me an opportunity for mateships that I'll have for the rest of my life, and it gave me some really valuable life lessons. Favorite teammate? Oh, there's there's a couple. Early on, it was definitely Reuben Wiki. Um, I love playing alongside Rube, training alongside Rube, just hanging around him. He was just such a great guy. Kenny Nagus, was a, he was a champion I just loved. You know, playing cards with him every time. We were always sitting down playing cards on the bus, doing different things like that. Josh Miller um, at the sort of sort of throughout that middle period and at the back end, just a lovely human being first and foremost. But such a guy that you know you just love pulling on the same colour jersey as him because you just knew he was going to rip in and work hard for you.
0: So obviously you're a guy that still keeps in contact with a lot of the players. I mean the local guys that are still around. But what about the guys that have moved away from Canberra?
4: Yeah, there's there's a half a dozen guys that you know I probably speak to more often. Um, but it's been great with our catch ups with the Forever Green boys and, and getting those um, back together. I think again, and I really want to keep um, building that with the club because you know Canberra is a bit like that. A lot of guys do disperse, but it's great when we all get back together. Funniest
0: moment as a Raider.
4: Just the general banter that you used to get with the blokes like Joel Monaghan, with uh, Joshy e. Miller, with Troy Thompson, you know, just those um, those moments all the time. There is just constant banter going on at footy clubs, which makes it. That's what makes it so fun.
0: What's your advice for the current day players?
4: You know, I have I have this yarn that I tell them about my, the ten thousand and eighty. Um, and we talk about, uh, well, the 10,000 that you need to look after as an individual is 60 minutes in an hour, there's 24 hours in a day, and there's seven days in a week, and that Mm -hmm. equals 10,080. You know, if you get that 10,000 right, you know, if you get all those those little minutes, and I often talk about the things that you do away from the field, away from the training paddock, are just as important because all of those little things are shaping the person that you are,
0: the player that you become. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, you're that guy who's kicking massive goals off the field now and you're such an inspiration for not just the Canberra community but the NRL at large. Alan Tung, love you, mate. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me.